Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Claire Sporton, Global Head of Customer Experience at RDOC. Hi, Claire. How are you? Hi, Simon. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, same to you. We were just discussing off air. We're, we're recording on, I think it's officially called Blue Monday, the most depressing day of the year. So let's not let's not depress ourselves. We'll keep this uplifting and positive. Absolutely. If we can for a Monday morning, that's great. We will. We will indeed. So today we're going to talk a lot about customer experience. That's your field of expertise, mm. where you've kind of grown up and where you've got some kind of great thought leadership and you've helped some amazing organizations. And we're going to really focus on why customer feedback is great for employees, which I think a lot of people listening will, will maybe find that a bit of a perverse statement. But we'll, we'll get into the detail. So let's hold our hold our kind of powder mm-hmm. on that. Before we dive into that, though, Claire, let's find out a little bit about you. So can you give us kind of a 30-second minute career biog of of what you've done, where you've worked, how you've got to be global head of customer experience at RDOC? Wow. Um, Yeah, big question for 30 seconds. Um, (laughs) I've been been involved in customer experience for quite some time now, but I don't think anybody, you know, aged six or seven says, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to be a customer experience expert, please. Um, It just doesn't happen, does it? So I think like a lot of customer experience um, leaders, um, I started, you know, talking to customers. Um, I started working in customer-facing roles, um, and many moons ago now, before I think there was even such a thing as customer experience, started to think: surely there is a better way of doing this. Surely there is a better way of engaging more effectively um, and understanding real human beings um, to drive engagement, you know, um, buying more and, um, of course, promotion um, and advocacy. Um, So I went off and did um, an organisational psychology degree um, to see and understand better um, how to work with human beings in organisations. And I've been lucky enough over the last 20 years, as you say, to um, be working client side, uh, working for organisations, but also as a consultant, um, having the opportunity to support lots of organisations around the globe um, and really understand and learn from their experiences as well as my own um, to the point where today I decided, okay, it's long enough being a consultant. I wanted to get back client side, um, own my own program, you know, put my money where my mouth is um, and actually start making a difference to customers again. So I've been back um, running my own program for the last six months. Excellent. So a complete 360. Yeah, exactly. Good. So let's get into the detail. And I know you wanted to kind of set a bit of context before we do around kind of why customer feedback is is great for employees so Mm. do you want to talk us through that piece yeah I think I think sometimes we focus too much on the customer which sounds like an odd thing to say really doesn't it as I'm a customer experience um, specialist but we have to start understanding who it is that makes a difference to our customers. Um, And quite often in the customer experience world, we focus on getting the stats, doing our analysis, looking at the numbers um, and feeding those back to leadership um, and trying to understand from a top-down perspective 
how to drive change. And I think what I've learned over the years is the people that are really going to make a difference, the people that we should be focusing our time on driving change with is the front line. It's the people that are working on a day-to-day basis, face-to-face with our customers. They're the ones that deserve our time, our effort, and our support if we really want to make a difference to our customers. And quite often, they feel that customer experience is nothing other than a stick to beat them with, which absolutely should not be how it is. Yeah, and I think some of my examples working in retail and and then being kind of more the consultative side, not not in customer experience per se, but in retail operations, if we focus in that area, is Mm. that typical one where you'll go into a shop and someone will maybe think they've given you good service. Right. And they'll give you the receipt and they'll circle their name and say, you know, I'm Charlie, yeah. fill in this survey for me. Yeah. And you see the kind of customer being served next to you who maybe doesn't, or they don't perceive that experience has been so good. Maybe they've come in with a problem, whatever it might be. So they don't give the receipt, yeah. which kind of comes back full circle to your senior management managing numbers, yeah. which the behavior trickles down to the front line teams to manage mm-hmm. the number rather than actually that person who came in with the problem may have had a really good experience because of how you've dealt with it rather than the frontline employee judging whether you you want to invite that feedback because it's going to impact their numbers or will perceive to be impact their numbers. Absolutely. I see it all the time. You know, this bit about, you know, gaming the system. Um, What was it that you say that, you know, what gets measured gets done. So if you kind of focus on those stats, that's what people are going to drive a change in. You know, I'll never forget talking with um, a car dealership um, and they were using Net Promoter, which was a you know, scale from zero to 10. How likely are you to recommend? Um, and this was being gamed hugely. And they they said, you know, very proudly that um, their average score on likelihood to recommend was 9.8. And I looked at them and smiled. Um, and he said, well, yeah, Claire. And actually, we didn't actually actively pay them for the score but as you say you know just saying making sure only the right people the right people those who've had a good experience and you know there's been about circling your name as you say and highlighting or you know this is really important my bonus depends on it please give me a good score and as you say are we about getting great scores or are we about driving improvement and changing behaviors and that's what we should be focusing on. It's it's about that improvement rather than the absolute score. Yeah, and, and in my mind, as you know, we, we work in productivity, so we do lots around process improvement, which mm. is a, a big part of sometimes why the, the customer ends up being disappointed. But un- understanding where that path or journey has not been easy for a customer, which probably in turn means it's not that been that easy for the frontline colleagues either, Right. It's far more valuable because you can make a change if you want to embrace that feedback. I think, and I will generalize, mm. sometimes the feedback's asked for and goes into the too difficult bucket or actually we don't really think that's a problem bucket. And then you get customers who become disengaged and you get employees who become disengaged. So the whole thing becomes managing the number back to our, our first point. 
So I, I suppose my summary point there to you is it's a tricky journey to truly embrace because you're going to hear some stuff that you don't like, that you think you're fixed, mm. that maybe is uncomfortable at a senior level to discuss, but is the stuff you need to get under the skin of and listen to. Exactly. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, when we're talking about, you know, um, measuring the right stuff, you know, it's more around, you know, if we can uncover what those challenges are, that's, that's where the benefit is. So we should be, you know, celebrating where we find where there is, there is a challenge, you know, and I think this bit around engagement, you know, you were just saying, Simon, about engaging our customers and engaging our employees, you know, that really talks to who are we listening to as well. So absolutely, we should listen to customers. Please don't get me wrong. We should continue listening to our customers. But we should also listen to our teams. They're the ones that not only have that kind of day-to-day engagement with the customers, but they've got the background knowledge. They know what's happening behind the scenes, scenes that is resulting in that experience for a customer. So in many ways, if I had to drop one, I would drop listening to the customer and start listening more effectively and more actively to our team and congratulate and thank and enthuse when our team identify where the challenges are in our processes. And that's that's probably tricky for some organisations that have got programmes now, however they gather that feedback to kind of turn, turn it around because there'll be lots of having worked in corporate head offices like you mm, mm. Pe- people become very maybe not even consciously emotionally attached to their process or their part of the business and become can become very defensive when right. they get feedback that things aren't as rosy as they thought or as they painted the picture or the new system they've just rolled out is yeah. great for colleagues and therefore in turn for customers so how do you start to kind of turn that around without well, taking people on that longer term journey, journey, I suppose, but trying to take out the emotional response of, no, it's fine. Oh, it's never been a problem before. And, and all those human things that you'll get. Yeah, no, it's, it's a really good point. And I think this is the bit around, you know, is our job to produce PowerPoint decks um, with pretty charts and stats in it? Or is it more around engaging with the teams? Um, I remember working with one organization where, you know, we had a kind of quarterly deck that was produced. Um, and, you know, here cometh from the customer what they think. Um, and it was kind of like tablets of stone coming from above saying, yeah, this is these are the challenges. This is what we need to do differently. And what we did there was we really turned it on its head and we said, look, right, let's get rid of those PowerPoint decks. Let's get rid of this kind of high level analysis that took two months to produce and then was just um, wheeled out at the end of each quarter. And much more importantly, is engaging with the teams that own those processes. You're quite right. You know, people get very attached to what they do. And if somebody comes externally and says, hey, you know, it ain't working, that's not going to land well. If we come to them on a weekly, monthly basis, whatever it is, rather than quarterly and say, "Okay, this is what we are hearing Here are some of the challenges that we are hearing from customers. We are now going to put equal weight on what you think. 
Yeah. So we've got all of that customer feedback. And rather than these um, presentations where we kind of just present the results to the team, it became much more of a conversation and saying, okay, these are the outcomes that we are seeing from a customer perspective. How, How can we unpack that? Can we understand what the actions and behaviors were that resulted in that outcome? for the customer. It's it's all about ownership, isn't it? It's all around having control and being not just aware of what the issues are, but feeling that you can make a difference and you can do something differently um, that will result in a different outcome. And for, for big organisations, that must be a challenge where you've got lots of stores, factories, right. offices, and lots right. of people who are the front line. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, and I think this is where we, we do have to, you know, we talk about top down and bottom up. Um, and this is where we need to make sure that we are focused down on a specific area of the business and making sure that people feel that there is something that they can do about it. Um, I, I remember um one large organization um it was a it was a retail um organization where you know on a i think it was on a monthly basis they had their net promoter score you know how likely are you to re- recommend um this store the overall organization um as a customer um and everybody saw this on a monthly basis and went yeah right whatever um what can i do about that we've got to get it down to something we've got to start measuring stuff that the individual has some control over so rather than using you know this overall satisfaction or net promoter score or one of these kind of generic global metrics really focus it down on what on something that is within the gift of the individual um, and make sure that they understand how they can make a difference. So not only let's obviously make sure that the, the scores that we've got um, show their individual store, but let's focus in on the activities that they've got some control over. I remember one example, and you know, the, the biggest driver for, for Net Promoter was the de- the delivery experience, which for the team in the contact centre they had no control over. But the biggest driver of their net promoter score was that delivery experience. They couldn't control it. So, of course, they're going to be interested in that score. We want as you know, our organizations to be successful. But it's much more important to focus in on the experience that they can do something differently about. Um, and for them, I suppose, is, there's then that actually I'm, I am making a difference in my organisation because right. these concerns have been raised by customers or colleagues. These yeah. are the actions that we're seeing coming yeah. down or I'm being asked to contribute to and therefore you kind of self-fulfill the circle. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's it's really important to make it human as well. I, you know, I see lots of beautiful dashboards that obviously consultants have spent ages designing these um, dashboards um, with all of these stats and predictive analytics and, you know, all of these very clever analysis. And and we lose the human, you know, we lose the human stories. Um, And I think, you know, one of my biggest learnings from my career is that we, we, if we lose the individual, we lose the purpose. We lose the reason why 
we're wanting to do something differently, be that the customer or the employee or the team member. You know, so if we can, when we're thinking about the analysis that we're doing, we're thinking about the feedback that we're giving, you know, let's talk in stories. Let's talk about real human beings um, and how um, how what we're doing as an organisation is impacting them. That's what's going to drive a real difference. It, it reminds me, actually, Simon, a story. Um, gosh, this is many, many moons ago when I was early in my career. Um, and I remember doing this presentation to a senior leadership team. It was um, I was working at that time with an insurance broker. Um, and I put all the stats up there. I'd done all of the numbers. I had graphs coming out of my ears. And then I put some of the verbatim comments up. Um, and I'll never get forget, there was this customer who'd called into the contact centre um, about a motor claim. Um, and her name was Charlotte. That's how much it sticks in my mind. And she said, you know, the the accident itself was stressful, but that was nothing compared to dealing with your claims department. And the room went quiet. Um, and one of our very senior people um, stood up and he said, I can see from the dashboard that you're showing, Claire, that that claim is still outstanding. I'm stopping this meeting now and I'm going to go and do something about it. And he stopped the meeting, walked out um, and they put that claim right. That wouldn't have happened from a, gar- a graph. It was just that those words from Charlotte. Um, and and that's what really makes a difference. Human beings being impacted by the experiences that we provide. Yeah, yeah, really, really powerful example. And I suppose on that point, it, should individuals, teams be incentivized on customer experience numbers and NPS scores, or is that kind of are we moving away from that? Where where are we in that cycle? Because I see lots of different things. Mm, yeah, really good question. You know, I think I said earlier, what gets measured gets done, doesn't it? So um, please, of course, I want customer experience to be uppermost in everybody's mind. Um, but let's make sure that we're measuring people on something that they have the gift to change. Otherwise, they become completely disengaged. Um, I see a lot of people, you know, looking at, okay, I want to benchmark my organisation against others. Well, that's great. You know, yeah, absolutely. Let's understand where we sit in the marketplace. But to what degree is that under our control? So, for example, um, where where we're talking about long-term relationships with individual customers, more, a bit more in a B2B setting, I suppose, than a B2C, um, rather than um, measuring people on an overall stat like NPS or CSAT, measure on, on response rate. You know, what percentage of your customer base are providing um, feedback? That's what's important. Also, you know, don't if we start to just measure people on giving a great experience, that's when we'll get the, you know, as you saying, circle my name and give me some feedback. So I know you were really happy. It's much more around, gosh, we've uncovered a challenge here. Right. That's what we should be um, throwing the spotlight on. Um, and uh, highlighting um, great behavior with regard to, hey, I've, un- I've understood something that I need to do differently or we as an organization need to do differently. That's what we should be um, asking people to do rather than just getting that perfect score out of 10, 10 out of 10. We learn nothing from that. 
yeah some some good examples there again and I, I suppose as we kind of close out the the chat today it's bringing it back to that kind of context of if we can make life easier for colleagues in mm. turn that should make experiences in life easier for customers which should drive repeat business and advocacy which it, ultimately it sounds quite a simple statement clearly very difficult to achieve certainly in in highly variable environments like retail and and uh, where you've got yeah. face-to-face customers you know looking you in the eyes you're having those conversations but it, in a world where you know money's hard to come by for lots of people and we're being more mm. precious about we're spending there's probably never been more of a time to think about how you deploy your programs if you've got a program thinking mm. about some of those examples that you you've taken on board is that yeah. is that a fair summary I think it's really important and you know if if there's one thing I would ask people to do um it it's kind of focus on the great behaviors and really throw the spotlight on it and you know put our great team members up on that pedestal put the spotlight on them um, and highlight what they're doing well you know one organization I worked with they did a, a great job around um, a mentoring problem um, program where once we identified individuals who are good at a particular skill um, then they they we gamified it um, and and they became expert ninjas in a particular mm-hmm. aspect of customer experience and then they can be used to mentor and support teams Teams, um, team members um, across their store, which which worked great um, and really kind of highlighted and gave career progression to those individuals who are demonstrating the right behaviours. Brilliant. Good advice. Good advice. So if, if people want to reach out to you, Claire, and just connect LinkedIn, the best place to find you? LinkedIn, I'm always delighted to meet um, like-minded individuals. Um, you know, customer experience can be quite lonely um, when you are the one individual who's responsible. Please, yeah, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Love to hear your experiences um, and share ideas and thoughts. Brilliant. And we'll, we'll tag in the, the show notes, your profile, so people can find you easily. Last question for me that everybody gets on the podcast. What's the best bit of business advice you've ever been given? The best bit of business advice I've been given. Don't don't get lost in numbers. Get lost in stories. Get lost in real experiences. Um, and never forget that the person, the other side of the counter, the other side of the desk has a story They've come from somewhere and they're going somewhere. Use that to your advantage. Understand them as a human being um, and relate to them and engage like a human being. And honestly, you won't go wrong. Love that one, Claire. Been amazing to chat today. Always a topic close to my heart. I've been worked in retail for many years. I've seen seen both sides of it. I've had the people shouting at me and the people shaking my hand and thanking. <laughs> and I think yeah, the, the most rewarding ones are the people that come in not particularly happy and go out very happy regardless of of what they've come in with so um yeah I, I feel feel both sides of it as I'm sure we all do but a great chat I really appreciate your time I know you're busy and thank you for coming on love it thank you so much for the opportunity Simon it's been great fun having a chat